Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans. Welcome to the Same Old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Well, certainly been a lot of Miami Dolphins news to talk about since we last recorded this show. We're not going to bury the lead, Brain. We're going to dive right in. Brian Flores announcing Thursday afternoon, in spite of the fact that after the game, or, or that on Monday of this week, he said that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be the starter. Thursday afternoon, he changes course. Josh Rosen is going to be the starting quarterback for your Miami Dolphins this Sunday in Dallas. It it's is happening. time. Yes. Never a dull moment with this team, except on Sunday afternoons. It's true. But at any rate, yeah, Josh Rosen getting the start. That's exciting. Josh Rosen is risen. And, uh, you know, we... We've been talking, we, we, we in fact talked in the last episode that you felt it was just, you might as well at this point throw him in there, and I, I'm guessing that that's what Flores has decided. I don't know if there was something that he saw in practice this week that, that made him change his mind, but this is what it is, and, and, and Rosen is going to get the go. Is it going to make a significant amount of difference? Probably not when it comes to the result. You know, the, whether the Dolphins win or lose, I don't know that it's going to make that big of a difference at the end of the day. But it certainly adds a little bit more intrigue to the game because we're going to get to see somebody that may, that could be the Dolphins quarterback of the future. I, I think at this point, uh, not a lot of people are holding out a lot of hope that this is going to be the guy going forward. But we're going to get the opportunity to take a look at this guy in extended game action and actually evaluate him. And, you know, for what that's worth, I, I think that's pretty exciting. And, and in a season where we've talked about there not being a lot of exciting things to look forward to and that the best things about the season were going to be individual performances and individual moments, the moment on uh, Thursday afternoon when we found out that Rosen was going to get the start was a very exciting moment and i think having the opportunity to see him perform over the you know over the majority of a football game of a regular season football game i think that's pretty exciting in the short term as well it's exciting i mean when when we first got josh rosen the the exciting thing about it was we said okay well this is what this season is about it's about finding out what you've got in Josh Rosen and and figuring out whether he's the quarterback of the future or not. Now, at this point, whether it's fair or not, it's going to be extremely difficult for him to to really keep the Dolphins off the path of drafting a quarterback with their first pick, especially if they end up with the first overall pick. Uh, if they end up with the first overall pick, you can at that point pretty much assume that you know, Josh Rosen hasn't played all that great if they haven't, if they weren't able to win enough games or even a game to get off of the number one pick. And it's just at the end of it, you're either going to know that Josh Rosen is the guy, 
you're going to know that he's not the guy or you're not going to be sure. And anything short of knowing that he is the guy, you're taking a quarterback with that pick, especially if it's the number one pick overall. So there's very little that he can do. And it's not the f- the most fair thing in the world because uh, he's being judged with no offensive line, with very little talent around him, and a team that, uh, let's face it, organizationally, they are not trying to win this year. Uh, but that said, at least this is something, you know, for us to evaluate because he is here. And at the very least, he is going to be a guy that is competing for a job as a, as a starter or a developmental backup piece. You know, if we end up getting a Tua Tagovailoa and, and, you know, he, let's say he gets hurt. Josh Rosen is here for the next few years at a very reasonable salary at a, you know, a team friendly deal. So you still, it still really behooves the Dolphins to, to develop this guy. And it's, it's really important that he ends up being good. The other part of it is that even if he's not, and if he, there, the, he might not even be the backup next year. If he plays well enough this year, but the Dolphins are still looking at getting a quarterback with the first round of the draft next year. If he goes out and he plays well and he shows that there's potential there, there may be another team that's willing to to give us some draft picks for the guy. But you're not going to do that if he's sitting on the bench. And also, I really do feel like he gives us the best opportunity to win right now because... He can make throws that Ryan Fitzpatrick can't, and it's not like Ryan Fitzpatrick was out there playing well. So, it, you know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick w- had a mastery of this offense and was dinking and, and dunking his way down the field and leading scoring drives and everything, and, you know, and managing the game really well, you know, that'd be one thing. But the offense hasn't done a damn thing, and Ryan Fitzpatrick has been terrible. So, Let's throw the guy out there that can make the throws, that has the growth potential, and let's see what can happen. And I also think that this is, look, the Cowboys have a good defense, but they're not a defense that's known to put a ton of pressure on the quarterback. They don't blitz. They try to get a lot of pressure with their front four. They blitz, uh, you know, fewer than most teams in the league. In fact, last season... They were one of the the fewest teams in the league as far as sack percentage. They they sacked the quarterback something like 2.6% of dropbacks. They've only got two sacks through the first two games of this season. Uh, And it's not like they've played great teams. They played the Redskins and the Giants, who are two teams that are challenging the Dolphins to get that number one pick. So, look, the Dolphins' offensive line is, is a mess, and I wouldn't be surprised if if I go and say all that and then Dallas comes out and, and gets four or five sacks in this game, I'm not going to be shocked if that happens in any game that the Dolphins play this year. But it is a softer landing spot than going up against that Ravens defense or going up against a Bill Belichick defense in the Patriots. So there are opportunities here against this Cowboys defense for Josh Rosen to move the ball, to make some throws, to make some plays and look good and get some some success under his belt and move forward. And that's all we're hoping for. We're hoping for progress from this offense. We're hoping for progress from both sides of the ball because we saw progress from the defense from week one to week two. 
now we need to see the, the progress from the offense because the offense was dreadful in week two. Joshua Bollinger Lippincott Rosen, the new starting quarterback. Holy smokes. The new starting quarterback for your Miami Dolphins. Mazel Fantastic. Oh, but now that only, that really wasn't even the end of all of the excitement today because, I mean, mere minutes after news broke that Rosen was going to be the quarterback on Sunday, news also broke that the Dolphins signed Taco Charlton, who had just been released by the Dallas Cowboys. So Taco Charlton, uh, uh, for a first-round draft pick, joins the Dolphins for two years, $2.5 million. It's a pretty good deal. And I think if you get any kind of any sort of modicum of quality play from Charlton, he might be a nice, cheap piece to have in the back pocket as the Dolphins begin their rebuild in earnest next season in the draft and free agency. So, Brain, give us your thoughts on Taco Charlton joining the Miami Dolphins. Look, you got another first round, a former first round pick. So there's talent there. Look, at this point, this is what this season is, is it's just trying to go out there and find any kind of uh, any kind of addition that could potentially fill a need for this team going forward and just do, you know, low risk, high reward. Uh, you get a talented guy, you throw him in there and see what sticks. He's got the size to play the defensive end position the way that they want to play it here. Um, so it seems like he'd be a good fit scheme wise. Uh, we just got to wait and see how it, how it turns out. I mean, he, he's coming from, from Dallas where, you know, they want their defensive ends to be more of the pass rushing type. And over here, we want to play more of the, you know, a lot more of the two technique where we're just kind of, you know, denting the edge and, and holding and sustaining the block and then trying to hold the guy up and then fill the gap, uh, to make the tackle. Um, and he's got, He's got the long arms. He's got the big body. It's it's what they're looking for. It's kind of the prototype for what they're looking for in this defense. So, look, the talent is there. It's just a matter of uh, you know, once he gets on the field, does he does he produce and does he does he learn the way does he learn to play the way that they want him to play? Uh, is he reliable? Does he does he work hard? Does he do the things that they want him to do every day? Because if he does, the talent is there, and then this could be a great find for them, and it could fill a need for them because they do a lot of three-man fronts uh, where they've got Christian Wilkins and Devon Godshaw, and then the other side has been kind of a mess. I mean, Christian Wilkins wasn't great last week, uh, but uh, you know he's been better than Avery Moss, and uh, you know I, I don't even remember the other guy. Uh, Tank Carradine's gotten some playing time, but I don't remember the other guy that was in there for the Dolphins at, at defensive end. But you know, this this has the potential of being an upgrade on that defensive line in a two years, two million dollars. Well, let's see what he's got. And there's like no guaranteed money, I believe, on the on the contract. Just just for the the his contract for this year, I believe, is guaranteed. But next year is not guaranteed. So if it doesn't work out. You, you cut them and and you move on. So it's it's again it's a, it's another low risk, high reward signing for this team, and that that's what they've been all all about. And I hope that they continue to make these kinds of signings 
until a foundation is laid to where you could say, okay, now we know what we've got. Now it's time to splurge and give out the big guaranteed contracts because there's no reason to do that until you, you've you got your the foundation laid. And right now it is far from that. If Charlton and Robert Kimdichi, if either one of those guys pans out, it's a great deal for the Dolphins and they make out like bandits. If somehow both of them end up working out, the Dolphins find themselves in a very good position when it comes to the to the rebuilding of their defensive line. There was other news this week because it doesn't stop there. The Dolphins, as we had talked about on the last episode of the show, had given Minka Fitzpatrick permission to seek a trade. Word came out on Sunday that there were teams involved that were conversations were taking place. The Seahawks, the Chiefs, uh, I believe the Saints and uh, Redskins were all involved in trade talks. But eventually the Dolphins decided to accept a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who give up a first-round draft pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. The two teams also exchanged some late-round picks as well. But the top-line story is Dolphins trade Minka Fitzpatrick to the Pittsburgh Steelers in return, receive the Steelers' first-round draft pick in the 2020 draft, giving the Dolphins three first-round draft picks in the 2020 draft. Of course, the drama doesn't end there because with the Steelers losing Ben Roethlisberger for the season last Sunday, if Mason Rudolph turns out to not be the solution at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's a chance that 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 pick from Pittsburgh ends up being a top-10 pick in this 2020 draft, giving the Dolphins two of the top-10 picks in the draft. This is uh, the Dolphins... Listen, you can say what you want about whether or not they should have dealt Minka Fitzpatrick. Chris Greer came out and had a press conference this week where he said outright that he and Brian Flores and even Stephen Ross all spoke with Minka Fitzpatrick to try to keep him on board, but the player was not on board. The player wanted to go elsewhere, and and when that is the way it is, you know, you don't want to keep a disgruntled player around. At that point, the best move for all parties is to move on. So the Dolphins have moved on from Fitzpatrick and have got an opportunity to really get quite a reward for it. Now, of course, they've got a hit on the draft pick. But either way, when you're in a position as the Miami Dolphins are of getting ready to rebuild, bringing in that kind of draft capital is it puts you in a very good position, a very strong position moving forward. And I think it's a position that the Dolphins are very happy to find themselves in. Brain, what was your reaction to the trade of Minka Fitzpatrick to the Pittsburgh Steelers? When I, when I first heard the, the deal, I was a little underwhelmed, to be perfectly honest, because I thought we should be getting more than a first-round pick. But... With the Steelers being the team that that's trading the first rounder, and Big Ben being out for the year, and them already being 0-2, my thought is that that might not just be a top 10 pick. That has the potential of being a top 5 pick. And if you end up getting a top 5 pick, I mean, it's it turns out to be a great deal. Uh, as it is, I, th- I think it's one of those things where if Minka Fitzpatrick was actually on board and... And the relationship was salvageable, then maybe the Dolphins could have held out a little bit and and maybe gotten more. But I think it became apparent that 
they needed to deal him as fast as possible, which is why he was dealt on Monday. Because uh, he, he had basically been asking for the trade since Thursday. Word really broke that they were they were in the talks, you know, Sunday afternoon or Saturday night and Sunday morning uh, leading up to the game, but they still played him. They they wanted to get him out of there. They wanted to just get him out of the locker room, just deal with this, move on as quickly as possible. And this is probably the best deal that they got. I, I'd assume. I assume that they would take the best deal that they got. And if it ends up being a, for a top five pick, then, then it's amazing. I, I don't really get the move from the Steelers' perspective because you've got a team that, you know, just moved on from Antonio Brown, just moved on from Le'Veon Bell. Big Ben is towards the end of his career and is now out for the year. This is a team that needs to rebuild. And they, they're sitting at, at potentially having a top five pick in a draft where there, there's a great quarterback class and they're trading their first pick for a guy that we're not even sure has a true position, whether it's slot corner or free safety or whatever. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense from the Steelers' perspective, but I'm happy as a Dolphins fan uh, because at the end of the day, if the guy doesn't want to be here, he shouldn't be here. And if you can get a top five or a top ten pick for him, then you you did a good job. So uh, I wish Minka Fitzpatrick uh, the best of luck. Uh, not as much luck as I would hope that he would have if he was still in a Miami Dolphins uniform. Thankfully, he's not on any team in the AFC West. I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, hatred towards the Steelers, so I'm fine with that. But I think this is kind of a... He he better turn out to be a hell of a player because to pull a move like this where you're forcing a trade two games into your second season, you you better prove to be a star player because that's a star player move, and I don't think that he's done enough in this league to warrant that treatment. So I hope that he, he turns into that star player, but uh, he's got, he's got a lot to prove to make himself worthy of this trade by the Steelers. Yeah. I I wish Minka the best in his future endeavors. And I hope his future endeavors lead him to uh, the, the Steelers being one of the five worst teams in the National Football League this season. That would be really great. So Minka, And a loss in the AFC Championship game in 2022 to your Miami Dolphins. Oh, oh, I'm getting emotional. I'm getting emotional. So uh, the last thing I kind of want to touch on before we dive into as much as we possibly can previewing the, the Dallas Cowboys Miami Dolphins game, I just don't know that <laughs> don't know that there's a whole lot to say there. I expect that the the Dallas Cowboys will get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. Let's talk about this first. The national media has been crapping all over the Dolphins all week because of this decision that the Dolphins have made to this the approach the Dolphins are taking to their 2019 season. We've, we've got people on ESPN. You've got people on uh, the NFL Network. You've got, apparently, the NFL Competition Committee wanting to take a look at what the Dolphins are doing here. And the Dolphins are just getting so much crap for what they're doing. People are calling it unethical, immoral, whatever. The Dolphins aren't doing anything illegal. They are doing what they need to do to take advantage of the system that is in place as it is. There are a lot of teams that know at the beginning of a football season that, listen, we're not going to win this season. 
And the Dolphins are maximizing the, maximizing the opportunity so to make sure that they can get the number one pick in the draft next year. And that is what happens if you're the worst team in the league. So the Dolphins are making an effort to be the worst team in the league. They're still fielding a team. They're still going out there. They're still playing games. They're not lying down. They're going out there and trying to compete just with a terrible roster. Why Why are people in the NFL so upset about this? It's not like even what the Dolphins are doing is so unprecedented. Maybe they're doing it at a level that is sort of beyond what other teams have done. But is it is what the Dolphins are doing that much worse than what the Browns did several years ago? Is this that bad? What What is wrong with the national NFL media that they hate the Dolphins so much? I don't think they hate the Dolphins. But I th- I believe that there are a few markets where there are successful teams that are that are trying to win Super Bowls, and those in those markets they don't really care what the Dolphins are doing. And then there is the vast majority of the league that is sitting there in the middle, like we say every year. Like I say, there's there's about twenty teams in the middle. There's six really good teams. Six really bad teams, and there's 20 teams in the middle. And those 20 teams in the middle are trying to figure out how to take that next step to get from the middle to being one of the six elite teams. And they're looking at what the Dolphins are doing as like, you know, a cheat code or whatever. But it's like, anybody can do this. Literally anybody can do this. And the Dolphins are the are the team that is doing it. And before you just, you know, pile on them and say, well, how could you do this? How could you do this? Well, I'll tell you how you could do this. Is when you've sat there in mediocrity for 20 years, you've been one of those 20 teams. And you've been constantly doing things the same exact way and getting the same result. Eventually, you have to try something different. And it had come to the point where you had to try this. And you say, well, well, you know, they they still got to come through on the picks. You know, if they if they screw up the picks, then they're going to be screwed up. They're going to be like the Browns for a decade or whatever. Okay. As opposed to what? The Dolphins the last 20 years? Because I'll tell you what. Look, there's no guarantee that this is going to work. If it works, we're really bad for one, maybe two years, and then we're really good for a decade. And that's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is that we we miss on the quarterback, we miss on some of these draft picks, and we're really bad for a few more years. But then we're right back in this situation where we've got the number one pick again. And then we can do we can do it over. And we get ample opportunities to do this until we get it right as opposed to sitting in mediocrity for 20 years because that is where we've been so i i don't care if we have to tank three times over and it takes 15 years to build this thing up i'd still rather take my chances doing that than wallow in mediocrity for 20 years and know that the result is that we're going nowhere So, look, if the rest of the league has a problem with it, screw them. I don't care. You shouldn't care. They're just, honestly, it's just a bunch of Jets fans and Giants fans that are jealous because their franchises are actually trying to win and they can't figure out how to do it. 
There are bad football teams in New York, both of them. Well, actually, I should say they're in New Jersey uh, because the team in New York is actually undefeated right now, the Buffalo Bills. But we'll get into them on a later episode of the show. Although good on Josh Allen for throwing some shade uh, to the reporters after the after the Bills beat the Jets. I'm sorry, after the Bills beat the Giants, they, somebody said something about him. Oh, you could have been in New York. You could have been in New York. And he said, I am in New York. Pretty good. Pretty good on Josh Allen. I, I don't want to prop out the Bills too much, but a nice move by Josh Allen. All right, let's get into this Cowboys game coming up on Sunday. The Dolphins travel to Dallas, take on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Brain, do you see any way the Dolphins win this one? It seems to me that the Dallas Cowboys offense has been firing on all cylinders. Dak Prescott has looked like a machine. Ezekiel Elliott is just doing his normal Ezekiel Elliott thing. Uh, this, this team just looks loaded and ready to go. Perhaps the Dolphins are going to get a spark offensively with Josh Rosen coming in to start. But I mean, how do the Dolphins... Is there a way, give us a roadmap to the Dolphins going into Texas Stadium and kicking some cowboy butt? I love it. it. Oh, right. In the immortal words, in the immortal words of Jim Mandich, how do the Dolphins go into Texas Stadium? Well, it's not Texas Stadium, but go into whatever the name of that stadium is now. How do, they, how do the Dolphins go in there? How do the Dolphins go into Jerry World and kick some cowboy butt? Um... Well, they get a little bit of luck. Um, the It starts with the defense. Uh, the defense has to keep them in the game. The defense kept us in the game last week against against New England. Um, and eventually they, they broke because the offense was just completely inept. And then the offense went and gave them a couple of touchdowns too with, with, with interceptions. But, uh, the other thing, we, we could get off to a fast start. The last two games, in these first two games of the season, uh, the Dallas Cowboys have fallen behind 7 nothing, allowing touchdown drives to their opponents early in the game. And then they kind of, you know, got their, their, uh, their legs under them and then took over the game. Um, I believe that the Dolphins have an opportunity to start fast in this game, uh, especially with, Josh Rosen at quarterback. Look, the Cowboys, a team, uh, the way that they play defense, they run a lot of Tampa 2. They run, they play a lot of cover 2 and cover 3. They drop a lot of guys into coverage and they try to get pressure with their front 4. So, if the offensive line can block, there are there's going to be opportunities to run the ball on this team. There's going to be opportunities to hit big plays up the seam or on the sideline on streaks. Um, there, There's opportunities there. If the, if the offensive line can block and if Josh Rosen can make the throws, if we, if we can run the ball on them, and then defensively, if we can just hang in there. Look, Michael Gallup's not playing. I think it would be a good idea to just uh, have Xavier Howard just shadow Amari Cooper and make somebody else, you know, make another Cowboys receiver try to beat you. And then at the end of the day, it just comes down to, can you stop the run? Now that's going to be difficult to do. The Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And then arguably the best running back in the league in Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, but the Dolphins did a nice job on the run. I, I think numbers wise, maybe it wasn't as good as it looked. Because anytime the Patriots really needed 
to to pick up yardage on the ground. They got what they needed. Uh, but the Dolphins didn't give up the big play. Look, the Patriots, Tom Brady's made a career out of, look, you don't want to give me the big play. That's okay. I will, I will take us right down the field. I'll take us down the field in 15 plays and score a touchdown. He's made a career out of that. Dak Prescott, I'm not sold, can do that consistently. Now, Dak Prescott has played very well the first two weeks of this season. In fact, the Dallas Cowboys lead the league in yards per pass attempt currently. Uh, Dak Prescott has been, their, their passing offense has been more impressive than their running offense, believe it or not. So it's not going to be an easy task for the Dolphins secondary, and you hope that they can, you know, find creative ways to get pressure on him. Uh, but if if Xavier and Howard can lock up Amari Cooper, and, you, you know, you don't have Michael Gallup playing, you know, Randall Cobb is a, is a guy that, you know, he, he, he he's dangerous in spurts, but uh, he's a guy that that you can control. He shouldn't be able to. He shouldn't be able to get off against you. I think the Dolphins can hang around in this game uh, if the defense ha- can can keep them in it. I think there are going to be opportunities for the offense to create some big plays and maybe have a couple of drives. And if this can turn into a game where you go into the fourth quarter and it's a one possession game, then there's an opportunity there. That said. I mean, is that going to happen? I don't know, but that's the blueprint. Uh, the blueprint is don't give up the big plays. Make Dak Prescott force him into a couple of mistakes. Hit a couple of big plays on offense. Maybe you get a defensive touchdown. You get a special teams touchdown. Maybe the Cowboys miss a miss a field goal or something like that and leave some points on the board. And all of a sudden you go into the fourth quarter and you got a one possession game. And then you see what happens because... The thing about Josh Rosen, uh, as much maligned as he was for his rookie year in Arizona, one thing that he did show is that he played better in crunch time. He played better on third downs. He played better in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. And, you know, maybe we've got ourselves a gamer. And maybe this is the Josh Rosen coming out party where we've got a close game in the fourth quarter. And Josh Rosen leads the the game-winning drive for the Miami Dolphins late in the fourth quarter. And he throws a touchdown pass to Preston Williams. And the Dolphins come out of Texas Stadium. I'm sorry, Jerry World, one and two. Maybe that happens. I'm not going to hold my breath on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not predicting it. I'm just you. saying maybe, maybe it happened. Now, so no Michael Gallup in this game for the Cowboys. He's out having the surgery in his knee, so he's going to miss a few games. Uh, Devin Smith is among the receivers who are expected to uh, pull some weight in his absence. We'll see. The Dolphins have sort of. I mean, listen, the the Ravens looked really, really great against the Dolphins. The Patriots looked really, really great against the Dolphins. Both of those are teams that have looked pretty good and seem to be good teams. The Cowboys obviously have been cruising so far this season, so it it only stands to reason that they're going to cruise as well on Sunday as they take on the Dolphins. Let's give a final score prediction, Brain. What do you got in this one? I think the Dolphins are going to cover. I don't think I look, I, I I think they're gonna lose, and I think they're gonna lose by multiple possessions. But I actually think the Dolphins are gonna cover in this game. I think the defense is going to continue to improve, and I think the offense is gonna show a couple of flickers of life. 
Uh, ultimately, I don't think it will be enough. I think the Cowboys are just too good. I think the Cowboys are a team that's challenging for the Super Bowl, and the Dolphins are obviously right now uh, the worst team in in the National Football League. But I believe that the this will be a game for the majority of the game. I think the Cowboys winning. Uh, I think the Cowboys will win. I've got it thirty-one to thirteen. Yeah, I've been trying to be conservative with my predictions the first couple weeks of the season and it, it has proven to be not a great situation so i'm going to go out on a limb and and think the the cowboys are just going to romp here i do believe the dolphins are going to score a couple times though so i'm going to say cowboys 59 dolphins 13 wow the cowboys are going to cover the spread so there it is <laughs> There's the prediction. It's it the prediction game is really like it's hard because I just don't see the Dolphins being terribly competitive in this game. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I just don't see it. In the meantime, I think that's going to wrap us up for this one, Brain. So why don't you tell the people uh, where they can find you? Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. The show is on Twitter at Same Old Dolphins. We have every episode of the show available to you on DolphinsTalk.com because it is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So make sure you visit DolphinsTalk.com every day for daily podcast columns and articles. It's a a great place to be, really, your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. So visit DolphinsTalk.com. We've got a Facebook page, facebook.com slash same old dolphins that we invite you to like over there. You can then find the show as well on all of your normal podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're all over there. The big thing is we're on Apple Podcasts. Take a few minutes out of your day. If you can go over there and leave us a five-star rating and a, and a nice quick review, you don't have to write a book, just a couple sentences uh, we'd really appreciate it. Um, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm exiting the show. We got questions, Brain. We, we got questions? questions we got to answer. Well, let's we answer some questions. questions. How rude of you. Well, it's good. We got all the plugs in before we ended the show, so hopefully everybody hasn't turned it off already and that they're still sticking around to get their questions. So the first question comes from at Dolphins End Zone. He says, um, what hotel y'all booked in in Vegas? <laughs> I was actually talking uh, with with my buddies, and uh, we're looking at at making a trip to Vegas uh, because this is this is going to be a once in a lifetime kind of experience to to have the Dolphins be the absolute talk of the draft without question, especially if we get the number one pick, uh, which it appears that we're well on the way to getting. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know where, where what hotel should I should I book. You know, where are the deals at? Where's where's the place to be? Well, we might have to hook you up with uh, Mike and Tom and and all the rest of the guys from DolphinsTalk.com because they're getting a, it sounds like there's a big group getting together over there for the draft. I will not be joining you as uh, we are, uh, my family is expecting child number two. Uh, in early March, so uh, it's going to be a little bit too early in baby number two's life to take a trip to Vegas, um, unfortunately. So I'm going to be passing on this draft experience, but when the Dolphins make the Super Bowl in 2022, I'll be there. You can count on that. 
That's for sure. The other question comes from at Dolphins Melody. The question is, do you feel there is a good chance that Taco starts immediately against the Cowboys on Sunday? Um, I think there's a chance. I don't know. A, a good chance? I don't know. Uh, it's kind of late in the week, but I mean, look at what we ro- look at what we rolled out there in week one. We we rolled out a bunch of guys that we had just signed that that don't have nearly the pedigree that Taco Charlton has. So it would not be a shock to me if he started. I expect him to get playing time, um, even if he doesn't start. I expect him to get significant playing time. Yeah, I, I expect him to be out there as well. I don't know whether or not he's going to be a starter, but he's certainly going to get some time. He's going to be on the field. We're going to see Taco. It's going to be Taco time as the Dolphins head into Jerry World and attempt to kick some cowboy butt. Whether or not they could do it, well, remains to be seen, but regardless of what happens on Sunday, we will be back here on the same old Dolphin Show to recap it for all of you. That's going to wrap us up for this this episode of the show. So in the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!